I'm Bonnie Jill Laughlin with the Weekly Pass, joined by my co-host, Adam Copeland. We are now joined by someone who's been in the news a little bit, Aubrey Huff, who played 13 season MOB, two-time World Series champion with the Giants. Aubrey, what's up? What's up, Bonnie? Thanks for having me on. I love coming on your show. You know, I have to talk I think to you. It's the first time, so that's a lie. It's actually a lie. It's the first time I've ever come on your show. So that was a lie. <laughs> it is. It's the first, it's the first time, time. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've been in the news a little bit, I think, Huffy, right? I think I've heard seen you yeah, trending been, on Twitter uh, and some stuff. I mean, like, what's going on? I mean, how's it been? I know you woke up this morning and we're on Fox News, and I um, we're kind of hitting all the media circuits. Uh, how's it going? It, it's going great. You know, it's funny you ask. It's uh, I'm getting a lot of texts from people that are friends of mine. You know, and people are like. You know, you know, acquaintances, it's not like diehard friends of mine, like best friends because they know me, but people that, you know, uh, acquaintances are like, oh my gosh, you've got to be so crushed. Are you okay? Like people think I'm suicidal, right? I'm like, uh, no, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm just fine, actually. And, you know, here's, here's the way I looked at it. I'm like, you know, you don't get invited to this thing. I saw those guys last year, Bo- Bochy's mm-hmm. farewell thing, essentially the same thing, right? And, and uh, you know, I'm telling people all the time, like, listen, I believe in the First Amendment. I believe in, uh, you know, guns and God and country, and that's who I am. And, and I'm not going to just sell out my values, beliefs, faith, and everything like that just for a five-second validation hat tip. You know, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me. So, um, you know me, Bonnie. I've always been kind of a wild card. I like to ruffle feathers, and I like to talk trash in the clubhouse and mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a fun way. And you've you've seen that you've heard that you, oh, you've I seen know you. teammates yeah. reacted to me. Teammates, uh, you know, I love I love that I love that vibe in the clubhouse with the guys, and even the staff in in San Francisco knew it. The uh, players knew it. The fans knew it. The media knew it. Everybody loved that guy then. But now all of a sudden it's a problem. I find that very funny. Now, Aubrey, you had you actually had told me like about two, maybe it was two, three weeks ago that you had spoken to Larry and you already knew that you weren't going to be invited. All of a sudden the news broke. Were you surprised that the news broke? Were you going to, you, or did you want to kind of um, actually let people know instead of the athletic, um, I guess, breaking the news? Well, no, I was thinking like, if you're not going to invite somebody, why even like announce it? Talk about it, right. Why even say anything? Right. You know, well, everyone here, he just didn't come. He was invited, he didn't come, right? Whatever. To me, it's like, you know, you invited this controversy. I wasn't going to say anything, right? <laughs> I, was like, oh, I just didn't go. Especially because it's six months you know, away, too. Yeah, yeah, six months away, I couldn't make it, you know. I maybe had some kind of excuse to not go with my kids, whatever. And like, okay, whatever, you got to do what you got to do. I'm going to break my heart. Um, and, you know, the fact that they were going to announce this, I'm like, hey, you brought this to the, to the world, not me. And so now I'm just going to share my side of it. So you knew, Aubrey, before it was um, out that they were going to announce it? I knew this three weeks ago. I was in, uh, oh, gosh, I traveled so much I can't remember where I was. Uh, I was in some hotel gym. Yeah, I'm that asshole that works out when I'm on vacation. Hey, you got on me about that my... for working on Hawaii. And see, look at you're doing it. I know. I know, because you get older, Bonnie, and you, get, you understand you got to keep this body in shape. got to keep my ass. I'm single now, so i got to keep this uh, huff daddy in check, right? you got to get the bait right. Anyway, so... Um, working on the gym, uh, endorphins are flying high, feeling great. And I get a call from Larry Bear and I'm like, Ooh, what's this about? I haven't heard from Larry in, in you know, a couple of years, maybe. And I've always had a great relationship with Larry. I loved him when I played. He's a great owner. I, I, I still respect him today. And you know, that unfortunate event with him and his wife and what have you, I, I saw the video. I didn't see anything. I'm yeah, it was probably a lot that go, went on there that's personal between them two. But to me, he grabbed the phone 
chair fell over and oops, my bad. And it looked like he beat his wife. I didn't see that, but that's just my opinion. So I don't, you know, I'll have no ill will to Larry Bear, no nothing. And so I was appreciative of the call. But he just basically told me, listen, Aubrey, I hate to tell you this. and I wish I didn't have to, but the board's in unanimous and, and uh, uh, we can invite you to the 2010 World Series reunion. And I, I'm not even bullshitting you. I kind of laughed. I'm like, ha, 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 you're kidding, right? And I'm like, uh, can, I, can I ask why? Well, you know, it's complicated, and, you know, there's a series of different reasons, but, you know, basically it comes down to your Twitter account, and, and I'm like, what? My Twitter account? I was like, Larry, that's the same account that I – I basically use my Twitter account as a, a replacement for my locker room humor. It's basically the same thing. He goes, yeah, yeah, we understand. And I know you don't mean half of that stuff. I'm like, half of that stuff, Larry, is satire, and the other half is not. And if you don't know what's satire and what's not for people, then you're just stupid. <laughs> right? right. And um, and I'm like, I'm using this to build a podcast brand um, and, and trying to gain a, a second career. This has nothing to do with the Giants or anything like that. This is absolutely ridiculous. And I said, is this something deeper than that? Is it because of my support of President Trump? And it, can't, it took like a you know a couple second time out. He goes, well, no, uh, you stuttered. Yeah, that's, that's part of it, maybe. But, you know, it's basically the Twitter thing. So, you know, to me. I think it runs a lot deeper than just the Twitter. I think a lot of it is my diehard support from President Trump. That's one of those things, but they won't admit it. Um, I think it's part, a big part of it. Um, and that's that's kind of my stance. Now, you talked about the clubhouse, and you know, a couple of the players have spoken about this. And Buster was pretty quiet, which is typical Buster. Now, Panda, I don't know if you heard, but he was said that he's not sad that uh, you're not invited. What are your thoughts about both those reactions from your former teammates. Well, yeah, Buster's no surprise. I mean, he's going to stay out of any kind of controversy, but mm-hmm. knowing him, you know, uh, I know what he's, he's thinking. <laughs> he's laughing. He's like, Oh, same old Huffy, you know? And, right. and, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of the stuff I tweet, he laughs at and a lot of stuff I say that's, you know, conservative in nature, him knowing him, how I know it, he'd probably be in silent agreement, but, uh, Panda could care less. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, don't. Um, so whatever he wants to think, that's good. You know, we've had our differences in the past, no doubt about it. I've been to the couple of reunions since all that stuff's gone down. He's been right next to me, hasn't said a word. So if he wants to continue this slamming people behind, you know, the media and podcasts or whatever, go right ahead. I don't care. I'm done with it. You know, Aubrey, just going back to to when Larry Bear called you, and you were at the gym, and I, I read your statement about uh, you know you believing that it had to do deep, and you said it now being maybe something deeper than just the the statements or tweets that you put out. Um, does it surprise you maybe that it has to do, or that you feel that it has to do with your political support and background, being that the Giants have kind of dealt with this sort of thing over the last year with Charles Johnson donating money, and there was a big backlash out here about that. Is it surprising to you that maybe that would be the underlying tone? based on the fact that there may be owners in this team or players in this organization that do share your background and your beliefs? Well, I think, uh, you know, in baseball in general, not just the San Francisco Giants, and I'll, and I'll speak specifically for the 2010 team, I think you got to be kind of crazy to think that uh, less than 80% of that team would be liberal. They're not. <laughs> 80% of that team is conservative. And, uh, uh, and I would venture to guess that's pretty much the way it is in most all baseball circles. Uh, we have the way, it, the way it is in hockey. Um, I don't believe that's necessarily the case in the NBA or um, uh, the NFL. 
But I think uh, with hockey and, and baseball, it's typically leans more on the conservative side, which, you know, if you're a professional athlete or even Hollywood, which blows me away, people making this kind of money that are grinding their whole life to get to the level they're at to achieve something that so few people in the world ever get to do to make all this money, to become famous, to, to live your dream and just want to be on the left side it, be a, to be a part of a socialist agenda to want to just share all your money with everybody it blows me away. Like a guy like LeBron James, what are you thinking? So you let's 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 vote for a Bernie Sanders or something or what have you, and uh, let's take all that money you got there, LeBron, and let's give half of it away. I, I just, I, I just that stuff doesn't compute to me. I'd like to believe, like anybody who's played a sport before, like even at the high school level, right? Like you have locker room talk, you have those conversations. I think in baseball, like my perception of it is when you've got a guy and you're talking about your locker room presence or clubhouse presence, you need guys that keep things light because you're together every day. It's a six month grind. It's a it's a heavy thing to do. And you go to ba- to spring training, you're talking eight or tenth month grind, right? It's a it's a long long season. Uh, when you're when you're making comments like that on Twitter and people react negatively to them, do you think that it has to do with them reading it versus your tone when you speak. Because when you speak to me and Bonnie Jill now, obviously it sounds lighter, but when somebody reads it... Or even it, in person. Yeah, yeah it just, exactly. it come, do you think it comes across differently than what you mean? Like the interpretation well, is different? There is no, there, there, there's no sarcasm at all uh, in, in, uh, in a Twitter post. Absolutely. You can't, you can't read that. Um, in a person's face, in a person's voice, you understand that. And if people read... You know, I, I tell my... You know, people ask me all the time, uh, what would you tell your haters? I'm like, if, if you knew me, you'd want to buy me a beer and shake my hand. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, I just, I love, I love for me, I love uh, challenging that status quo of the, the politically correct, woke crowd out there, right? I just, I can't stand it. It's just trying to silence people. And, Bonnie, you know I've struggled with anxiety and depression mm-hmm. coming out of baseball. It was massively bad, right? I, right. I was suicidal at a time, and, yeah. and, uh, and I know exactly the reason why. It was because I was pretending to be somebody I'm not. I came out of the game. And I, and I was trying to be a baseball player in the real world using that language, that hijinks, that locker room humor that I had in the real world. It wasn't playing with the normal world, which has lost its sense of humor. The world has no sense of humor anymore. And so I was like, well, I, these, nobody's going for this sense of humor. I guess I'll just kind of conform and change and not be funny anymore and be serious like everybody else. And then in that process, changing into the real world out of, as an athlete, I turned into somebody I wasn't, and I became suicidal. I became anxious, depressed, miserable. And then I got divorced, and I said, you know what? Fuck it. Went back to me again and, and started talking to the guys like I would in a clubhouse, not really caring what other people think. And guess what happened? I found me again. My anxiety, my depression went away. I feel amazing. It just feels so good to be free. And I'm telling you, the mental health crisis in America would radically change. I'm not saying everybody, but the majority of people that are suffering from anxiety and depression wouldn't even need pills or anything if they just had the courage to say, fuck it, and be themselves and say what they want to say. Now, Aubrey, I was looking on Twitter, and people are saying, you know, Aubrey dealt with mental health. Why is he saying certain tweets or contradicts what he stands for? Like, what do you say to people who think that you're not compassionate for people who are dealing with mental health when I, you know, we, we know what you've dealt with? Well, that's that's kind of what I that's one of my missions. You know, I, you know, right now I'm a I'm a diehard uh, champ. I want to champion my beliefs for the, the politically correct woke crowd. I hate that crap. I, I, I just I can't stand it. And I just I do have empathy and sympathy for people that have been there. Uh, people with addiction, uh, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. I've been through all that. So absolutely. 
And to me, you know, everybody's different. Um, I took a lot of different steps, you know, whether it be eating right, working out in, at the hotel gyms on vacation. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, just taking better care of myself, uh, thinking of positively, um, but also not losing that edge that, you know, I had in baseball, that, that confidence you have in yourself. Because, you, listen, you guys know this. If, if you can't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. It's just a fact, right? And, and you gotta, you got you to gotta work on you in, in not in a selfish way. Uh, but in a healthy way, you got to love yourself. And for the longest time, I, after I retired out of baseball, I'll lose that identity, uh, that passion. Uh, and you just, you, I started doubting who I was and, and didn't really like myself all that much. And, and I spent most of my days in my house locked in the, in my room, even afraid to go on a bike ride because I'd be afraid to have a panic attack on a bike ride. And so that's where I was. And, you know, one, and that's, I guarantee you, that's the big reason why I got divorced. I was just a shell of a man, what I was and, you know, I don't think my ex will ever admit it, or I want to admit it, but that, that was the driving force of why we got divorced. I just wasn't a man anymore. And that's why I'm so much more, uh, you know, on Twitter and, and trying to help people say what they really should say, what they feel, and, and just be who they are. And it's, it's an amazing feeling we can just get outside of that and not worry about what other people think. Now, Aubrey, you've used, obviously, Twitter as your platform um, to talk about things that you stand, um, that you believe in. You know, social media sometimes it has, you know, positive, negative effects. I mean, is there times where you have tweeted something you wish, ah, man, I shouldn't have sent that because of the way that, you know, everyone is pretty sensitive in 2020? Or do you like push send and you're like, ah, oh, whatever, F it, you I'm know, good. I, I, or regret I, some I, of the I, tweets uh, that you've I, sent out? I don't know if I regret. I, I, I regret the Iranian woman kidnapping one that I did recently. That one, uh, I don't know if I call it regret. A, a word choice difference would be my would be my reasoning. It was early in the morning, and I said kidnapping Iranian women instead of I, what, I'm thinking more rescue. Go over there and rescue them from that that uh, place. I mean, at the time, Iran, and we were about to go to a thir- you know World War Three with Iran, and, and and you know obviously that didn't happen, but. Um, you know, I tweeted, man, I saw like a picture of an Iranian pretty woman. I'm like, man, if they look like that in Iran, let's go over there and, and kidnap 10 of them. Right. And I thought, well, been, it was seven in the morning. I hadn't had much coffee. And I'm like, eh, no, no big deal. And, um, all of a sudden that took on a life of its own. I'm like, Whoa, uh Oh, in hindsight, what I wish I would have said, is go, go over there and rescue 10 Iranian women. <laughs> Right. From, you know, you go over there to Iran and, you know, a lot of men treat women over there like crap, you know, make them wear blankets over their bodies, you know, and keep them enslaved. And, you know, it's no way to live. So when we started the interview, you mentioned like, um, you know, your beliefs, country, God, uh, uh, First Amendment, right, uh, guns, you were saying all that stuff. Um, when it comes to the First Amendment, and, and this this has kind of become a thing over the last, uh, once you put the statement out over the last couple of days, in that a lot of people have reacted in saying that, you're almost being punished for speaking your mind, and that's not American. But I think the counter to that is people would say, you're allowed to say whatever you want, but the consequence based in the private sector is going to be whatever the consequence is in this situation, whether you view it as that or not. It's that you just weren't invited to this reunion. Uh, what are your thoughts on this as a First Amendment issue? Because I believe you're still free to say and feel whatever you like, but then some people may say, well, then I don't want to follow them or I don't want to interview them or talk to them. Just where do you come down on that? Well, listen, uh, yeah, I believe everybody has a First Amendment right to say whatever they want, and the San Francisco Giants have every right not to invite me. So, I, I, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not going to beg for, them, for having me coming back. I don't really honestly care. 
I am proud of what I did in my career for those three years. And well, maybe not the last year. I kind of sucked, but <laughs> I was proud of what I did in 2010 and 11 with the Giants, and and I was a big part of that. And and um, you know, have made great memories. Can never take that away from me. Rings, and uh, we never stole signs and never cheated, so it was legit. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, made lifelong memories and love the fans and have no ill will. And you know, I think if I have any message for any of the San Francisco Giants fans that don't like me anymore because of my political beliefs, I think I would say that I'm just misunderstood. And that's really it. And um, if if you had 10 minutes to sit down and have a cup of coffee, you'd be like, oh, this guy's just being a, just being sarcastic. So, that's all it is. He's so, just being silly. So, like, with reunions, like, my feeling on these reunions, and you mentioned the Bochi one from last year on his final day, that was kind of a reunion of sorts over, like, Bochi's <laughs> era in San Francisco. Reunions, I feel like, for championships are as much for the fans as it is for the players, right? Like, it's the fans who go on that journey with you, and I know the players are all getting together, and they went on this run, and then the fans watch it happen, and they want to relive what they felt during that run. Do you think that this decision was a lot of based on what the fans might have thought of you or how they would have reacted to you had you been there? Well, here's the deal. I know there's a lot of fans on my Twitter account that were San Francisco Giants fans that are hard left, obviously. They would like tag me in tweets and be like, San Francisco, look at this. This guy's reprehensible behavior. Right, right. You can't have him on the reunion. So I'm sure for a select, probably, you know, you maybe have 100, 200 people on Twitter that emailed the Giants or whatever. And then, you know, obviously, you know, San Francisco Giants, it's a woke, progressive organization. You know, all of San Fran is. So they're going to be the first, obviously, you know, hire a woman to be a coach, the whole deal. And that's fine and dandy if that's what you want to do. But, you know, it's it's um, they're gonna they're gonna be champions for liberal issues as as big as any team in in America, and you can respect that if that's their if that's their decision. But you got to also remember, this last two days, guys, my Twitter account has never been more full. I can't even get to all my private messages, and I'm going to tell you, 95 percent of them, and there's thousands of them, are San Francisco Giants diehard fans, even season ticket holders that have said, man, we support you. I've torn, they've thrown out their San Francisco Giants hats. They said they're not going to go to any games. Or why people have canceled their MLB packages. They're not going to go to the games. It's like we stand with you. We love you. Uh, once a Giant, always a Giant. So there's an outpouring of uh, support from conservative people that are Giants fans. So there's a lot more of those conservative Giants fans, and I think that even the Giants organization even realizes. Now, Aubrey, you know, people, we kind of mentioned this before, but there are some people are saying that if, you know, if this wasn't San Francisco, if this was, you know, you're playing for the Texas Rangers coming back for a union or somewhere else, maybe more of in a conservative city or state, that this wouldn't even be an issue. Do you agree that if maybe if you're still in Tampa Bay, even like, do you think it's because it's San Francisco? One billion percent. And now, and if this was in, if this was in Texas or Tampa and there was a, a liberal player that was spewing a lot of conservative, like, or liberal nonsense out there, right, or what have you, all the time, I guarantee they wouldn't even care. It's just, I just feel like uh, for whatever reason, California has to be the most woke area in the world. And, and uh, I just don't understand what the deal is. It's, I, I don't get it. I, I, live in, I live in Southern California, so I don't see it as bad as Northern California. Northern California can be pretty rough. Um, but, you know, my thing is I just don't understand why we all can't just be happy and respect each other's beliefs. Like I'm not here on Twitter trying to change people's minds to become conservative. I could care less. I really don't. And so I'm just trying to entertain people, make people, you know, make people wonder what this guy's about. 
kind of be a mystery. I like that part. Of, I, I like that side of life. You know, you never know which, wh- where this guy's coming from. I kind of like to keep it uh, mysterious. Now, Huffy, I have to ask you, because you mentioned that women shouldn't be in pro sports. You've always supported what I've done with the Lakers and, um, you know, mm-hmm. from being in you know, the front office to being a reporter. Where do you kind of draw the line? I know you're not OK with females coaching, but where do you draw the line? Because you have, you know, in the past respected what I do um, in this man's world, so to speak. Absolutely. I mean, I think a woman absolutely could be a reporter. No problem being in the locker room. If you're going to be in the locker room, though. Uh, you got to know there's going to be naked men in there, <laughs> right? And I, I've gotten in trouble for being uh, walking around a little bit too loosely naked when reporters are there. I'm like, well, you know, I have a different time schedule. If I'm going to work out, I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to, you know, be in a towel. And, uh-oh, might be a little naked at the time. So, yeah, I mean, you might see things you might, you know, not want to see. But, hey, you got to remember, you're in the men's locker room. So, and you've always been really cool with that and everybody else, you know, I don't know much about a lot of the other women on the, on the Giants uh, staff uh, as far as media goes, but you know, I, I had gotten a little talking to with that at a time, um, which is crazy because it is our clubhouse, right? So um, if you're going to be a woman in a man's locker room, you got to realize that comes with the territory um, as far as coaching. And it's not just women um, in men's pro sports. I, I don't agree with that because I don't think a woman can teach a man how to hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball in the middle or throw a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. Um, and I certainly think there's way more men that were way more qualified than this lady to get the job. And she simply got the job because she's a woman and it's a progressive, woke deal. Now, having said that, do I believe men belong in women's sports as far as college or high school? And, you know, I, I, I don't believe that's the case either. I don't know why a man would want to coach women's sports. Maybe as a kid, you know, your daughters or something like that. But once you start getting older, you know, into college and sports like that, there's certainly more women that are way more qualified to, to coach uh, in colleges over a lot of men that get the jobs. So, you know, it, to me, that's, that's my stance. And um, just think about, I mean, the San Francisco Giants, for instance, I don't know how it's going to be ran, but if this coach is going to be a full-time coach traveling for 162, Bonnie, I, I'm sure it takes you an hour to get showered. Am I correct? And get ready to get out of Okay. <laughs> She's going to take probably about 45 minutes to get showered after a game while the male staff has to wait at 1130. It's going to be 1230 before they can get a shower, get home at 2 in the morning because the woman's got a shower first to get home. I don't know how that's going to work. Maybe there's a separate locker room or what have you. I think it they're going to do something separate. Things. I would hope so. It seems, it's, But it seems to me like there's a lot of things through 162 when you have opposite sexes around each other on the road, on the plane, in the clubhouses all the time that, you know, you're inviting um, accidents to happen, if you will. And not saying that it will, but if you start getting that kind of um, uh, a following of women throughout men's pro sports, you can bet your ass that's some kind of hashtag Me Too movement that's going to go on in, the, in one of these locker rooms one day. And it's going uh, it, 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 to be it's going to be bad. Now, some will say that that was part of the reason why you were uninvited. That Did Larry Bear, did he mention that at all? And, you know, I know you, but, like, if you came to the reunion and you were to be introduced to Alyssa Nacken, how do you think that conversation would have went? Well, no, I, it, he was very vague on the phone about even what it was. It, it, it kept going back to my Twitter, my Twitter, my Twitter. So there was mm-hmm. nothing um, um, as far as, you know, what exactly it was. So, you know, it's open to interpretation, but yeah, hey, listen, I, I'm a, you know, once you're a giant, you're always a giant. I'm always going to root for the Giants. I hope they 
hope they do well. Um, and, you know, honestly, I don't wish any ill will against her. I hope she does well. I don't wish anybody harm. I hope everybody's success in this world. And, and uh, I just, this is my opinion as a guy, like I put myself in, that, in, in like a player's perspective. Like when I'm playing, I'm thinking to myself, if I have a woman that's been in college softball and she's on the field trying to, as I'm hitting baseballs and she's trying to teach me how to hit a fastball, I'd be like, what the fuck? I don't know. I just, it, to me, it just would be tough to take. Um, you know, and to me, like, like in, even in life, it's not just baseball. I feel like listening to either, whether it's a male or a female, listen to somebody's advice that has never done it. You know, like if I'm going to go into a business with somebody, I'm going to have a mentor that's done it and listen to them. I'm not just going to read a book about it or, or have somebody that's studied it. I want to get the best. Does that make sense? That, that's gone through it. And you know that this, this woman has not gone through Major League Baseball. Like most coaches I've ever had in baseball, I at least played um, a little bit of Major League Baseball, if not high AAA. And, you know, they have a little bit of uh, knowledge in the sport. You listen to those guys. But then sometimes you have coaches that come fresh out of college and they may have played high school, but they're just kind of analyst geeks. And they'll try and tell you something. You're like, ah, oh, come on, dude, piss off. So you'd so be okay, you know, Aubrey, my, with like Becky Hammond, who's an assistant coach for the Spurs, because she played in the WNBA. That's the same game. So you'd be okay, you're okay with that. If if you have professional experience, right, one thousand percent. But the key, the key is though that the, the only bitch with women is they don't have pro sports except for the WNBA, which right. I think kind of sucks. I really do. I think that's. I have a niece. Uh, my niece is uh, Layla. She's twenty. I'm sorry. She's a sophomore in high school, and she's a fucking amazing softball player and, and volleyball player. She's going to make it. She's going to get a scholarship in one of those two. And what's unfortunate about the whole situation is great. She's going to get a scholarship, but then what? It ends there, There's no yeah. pro sports for her. You know, it's sad, and, and I wish there was. And, and it, but the, here's the thing: even if there was, would there be the following for people to care in America? You know, it's just it's kind of you know it's a it's a, it's kind of a shitty thing. But um, you know, maybe one day things will change, and and uh, women can get some pro sports going. And, and obviously, you're, if they're going to get pro sports going, you can't have that equal pay thing. That's just not going to happen. You're not going to get the kind of um, um, fan attendance and TV money that men get. You're going to have to start small and be willing to take lower pay because that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, Bonnie Jill was talking about the different roles, like where you would draw the line. And, uh, you know, there, there was some before the Giants hired Farhan a couple of years ago, they, they'd uh, interviewed a, a female. Um, I want to say her name was Ing. Uh, yeah. I forget exactly her, her full name. But anyway, she'd been, GM position. Yeah, she'd been interviewed a couple of times for different positions around baseball. I wonder because you were saying, you know, if somebody, man or woman, had just studied the game or studied what they're trying to teach you. You would almost tell them, piss off. You haven't done it. You don't know it. What about from like a scouting standpoint, like what Bonnie Jill did? Could, could do you think a woman could succeed in that role, or what's your opinion on that? On a scouting role, like yeah, yeah just an you know, executive. Yeah. Kim Ning, she was going to. That's, that's her name, Kim. You can definitely. I mean, I think anybody in their right mind, anybody can like see talent, right? Like, uh, like if you're just a regular Joe, and a 295 pound fat dude from Texas smoking a cigar in the stands, watching somebody play basketball, and, and you can tell who stands out on a, on a basketball court. You just can't at a young age, right? Yeah. Bonnie, you, 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 you got a keen eye for that, right? You yeah. know who stands out. Well, I could break down the tribal um, offense, you know, all that. But, yeah, you're right. Well, oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Little things still, Jackson, you I'm know, kidding. dialed up, yeah. <laughs> no, no, listen, I think, I think the biggest misconception people are getting at me, and, and uh, they think I'm some kind of misogynist pig, and I don't think women should have rights. That's such bullshit. Listen, I love women. I, I think every woman should be successful. But I also think women need to grind like men do. 
I think a lot of women expect free rides in this world today. Um, and they want, they want their cake and eat it too. And it's just, it doesn't work that way. Bonnie, you just earn everything you have because you busted your ass. I've seen it. I, I know it. And so well, kudos to you for everything you've earned. But there's so many pretty women out there that, well, I don't have to do much. I want equal, hey, this guy's doing, but they're not willing to do all the work. Listen, go out there and bust your ass and do it. The radical feminist movement is killing real hardworking women that, that are out there. And that's, that's, that's the women I can't stand. Now, you've built this brand, I think, you know, and uh, what is next? I mean, I know you spoke about maybe you'd be a Fox News contributor or you're talking about a you know, new podcast show. But, I mean, where is, what's kind of the long-term goal for this, Aubrey? Because I know you probably have something. I know you well enough that you probably are uh, I've got, thinking of something um, or have some irons in the fire. I've got something up my sleeve. Uh, yeah, I've got something up my sleeve. Um, I, I, I started that podcast last year. I, take, I took a time out of it because – I was, wasn't growing the way I I'd hoped. I wasn't marketing the way I, I had wanted to. And uh, we're in talks with uh, some pretty, pretty uh, high up people to, to really launch a, relaunch this thing in a big way. Um, and looking into getting into more of the conservative sphere as far as politics go. And there's a lot of talks in that. I'm actually in Vegas now. And, and uh, as you know, the Trump campaign's here and, and uh, rallies tomorrow. So meeting some cool people today, and, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. It started to look pretty exciting for me, and, and uh, you know, I, I've dabbled in wanting to get back in baseball, but at the end of the day, Bonnie, I, I really like baseball a lot, and, it, and I knew I was good at it as a kid, and I figured I'd rather play baseball and make a lot of money, um, and it was something as a kid, I loved basketball more, and I liked baseball, but I was six foot four white, and I wasn't going to make an NBA, I couldn't jump, so <laughs> I figured I'd, I'd, I'd take the uh, baseball route, and it paid off, and and um, made it made good money and a good living out of baseball. And it, but it wasn't my first love. And it's not, I don't want to coach it. I don't want to be back in it. But I want to challenge my brain in a different realm. I love the, the political sphere. Um, and I think that's something that's calling my name. I love the podcasting world. And, you know, however, however I can entertain people, um, whether they like me or not. And I think that's kind of the key, especially in the podcasting world and entertainment. You got to want to have about fifty percent of the people that love you and fifty that hate you. It makes you interesting. Now, Aubrey, last question: You're not going to be here, obviously, for the Giants reunion, April August sixteenth. But is there a possibility that you'll be at, or or will will you? That's what I was going to ask you. Will you still be here at some point, or are you going to be at the White House with Trump? Or where are you going to be August sixteenth? I don't know. There's, I, I don't know. You'll know for sure, though. You definitely will know. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we will we will stay tuned, Aubrey. Well, thank you so much. I know yes, you've been you busy will. with you know a lot of requests, so I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. All right, Bonnie. Great okay. hearing from you. So, Copes, I got to ask you what you thought on uh, what some people would say a controversial uh, member of the Giants now. Uh, what did you think about uh, some of his remarks, um, some of his candid um, you know, uh, comments? I think a lot of people would disagree with a lot of what he said. I think a lot of people would agree with some things that he said. Um, I wouldn't claim that I'm the most PC person. I know he kept talking about the woke culture and California is ridiculous. And uh, being a a Californian, being a San Franciscan, uh, being someone who is uh, maybe on the other side of the aisle from Aubrey Huff, I appreciate him as a baseball player. Um, Where I draw the line is is with a lot of the conversation about women. And I, I... don't agree with a lot of what he said. I wanted to have this interview because I felt like it was an opportunity to give him mm-hmm. a chance to just sort of say his piece. I tried to be as neutral as possible in asking questions. It wasn't a, a grilling or a roasting of Aubrey Huff. 
uh, more of a, a trying to get where he's coming from. I don't think that's he's, what I was trying to make it. Just I don't more think of a conversation. He's satirical. I don't think he's sarcastic. I get that he has a sense of humor that not a lot of people get. That said, it still offends people sometimes. And to say statements like, I think a lot of women expect free rides, or Alyssa Nacken only got hired because she's a woman. I think some of that stuff is is misguided and misaligned. And uh, and, I, and I'm not happy about those statements, but he's entitled to his opinion. Just thought we tried to be tried to be as as uh, I don't know what the word is, as as little combative as I could, right, in, in trying to ask these questions. And I think that's why I was trying to bring it back to me. I'm like, okay, because you're friends of, of you know, mine, is are you going to change your view? Because I feel like he his view pretty much stands with the fact that he doesn't really like women in sports in any capacity, and maybe I... Am I wrong? No, I in certain, you know, like the reporters, he's fine and that. So I was trying to bring it back to me and he said he's okay with the front office or um, as a reporter, but not in the coaching. But yet if they had experience, because I brought up Becky Hammond, so then he said he was okay with that. So I'm not really sure, like, you I know. Guess a lot of my seemed- problem is the initial statements. And, and when you brought up Becky Hammond and you said, well, if there had been a professional at any level, then that's well, he okay. He talked about experience. I said, okay, well, let's talk about Becky Hammond, but right? Because she's I didn't one, like- one of, you know, she was such a great athlete at the WNBA. Right. What I didn't like was the conversation and a lot of it kind of skewed towards how long is it going to take her to shower after a game? Yeah, How is she going to handle being around the men? It's not really our place to say. And you know why? why you know why? And I know it's a little bit okay. different. That's why I kind of I kind of pulled back. But I think about when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in baseball. And as an mm-hmm. African American myself, I can't imagine thinking what the conversation was when they said, "How is that black man going to handle being around all these white men?" He's just going to have to do it. That's what breaking barriers is about. So, um, did she get the job only because she's a woman? That's not for me to say, but it's also not for him to say. Uh, that's he wasn't in that interview room. So, you know, take what you want from this interview. Take what you what you want from from Aubrey Huff. I personally not a fan of his politics. Uh, the other issue I had with this was in this interview, he stated that Larry Baird did not actually say it was because of his President Trump beliefs. Yet in Aubrey's original statement that he put on Twitter, he said that Larry Baird had said that and that he was more clear on that here and that Aubrey believes it has to do with a deeper political belief. I'm not sure I buy that. But again, we're we're entitled to to each yeah. of our own thought on that. Because it seemed like it just was all of the tweets as a whole, right? It wasn't just the political tweets. Is that yeah? He said he kept referring right. to the tweets, but but he very much on on Twitter made it about uh, his political beliefs, and I did feel like that was a little bit pandering. Um, and again, my the political belief for me has nothing to do with this. It's about um, general decency and the the First Amendment thing. I think kind of goes by the wayside because. You're entitled to say whatever you say. It's it's freedom of speech. It's not you don't freedom have to of, always like it or condone it. It's right? not freedom but of consequence. To, yeah. It means it doesn't mm-hmm. mean there's no you know people can't feel bad about what you said. So uh, this is where we are. But we've you know this is funny because we not funny but we've had Kurt Schilling on the podcast. Right. Kurt Schilling was uh, asked not to attend the 2004 Boston Red Sox mm-hmm. reunion. Similarly to Aubrey Huff, who broke a 53 year drought for San Francisco. Kurt Schilling helps break an 86 year drought for the Red Sox. And most of it based on his political beliefs. Uh, he was not invited to the reunion, and I, well, I, his political beliefs, I believe, got him fired. I firmly believe Kurt Schilling, right? Yeah, and yeah. I firmly believe that Kurt Schilling uh, maybe isn't even getting Hall of Fame votes. I think so too. People argue beliefs. that, but so, I think that's part of it as well. You know, people want to separate sports and politics, but in you in like to separate politics and sports. I do right? because I like sports as an escape, but I yeah, understand that they also I, do. I like it as they also as drive well. a lot of a lot of uh, really socioeconomic situations in our country, much like the Alyssa Nacken piece, that's not political to me. That's mm-hmm. human being to me. Jackie Robinson is human being to me. Mm-hmm. I understand when we start talking national anthem and kneeling for the flag, that's a little bit different uh, because now it's full-on politics. But uh, I don't like bringing First Amendment freedom of speech into a, a 
a World Series reunion. It's just, it's not the same thing to me. I believe it as well, yeah. You know, the thing that's tough for me is that I've known Aubrey for a long time, and so I know it's hard to, like, separate who he is, how how I know him, you know what I mean, to, like, what people are seeing. So I think if people did meet him, I think they would get a different kind of uh, opinion of who he is. He is very sarcastic, sometimes abrasive, and sometimes offensive, and I kind of just would throw it out the window because I'm like, that's just who he is. I know now, you know, um, some of the things he said has crossed the line, and so... It's tough for me because I am friends with him, but, you know, do I condone everything he says? Of course not. You I will know? say so, this. But it's, so it's tough for me because, I mean, I'm sure do you, you have friends, I'm sure, that are conservative or Republican, and or maybe you don't. You know, some well, people, you know, so it's just kind of hard to sometimes, uh, you know, uh, when you're friends with someone to uh, kind to of— draw that to draw that line or to, to yeah. separate, to compartmentalize. It, yeah. it is tough. Um, and, and that's why they say you don't talk politics or religion with friends, They right? do say that. That's why, right? that's why you don't do it. I so. mean, what I've known of him, you know, he's always been a good person, compassionate, and, you know, has spoken up with the mental health. But now I think it's a situation that he's in where, like, he's talked about, like, a brand and uh, kind of moving forward in a, a direction of his career that he wants and that maybe it is somewhat of a stitch at times, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, Howard Stern has a stitch. And, like, when you meet him off the air, he's nothing like that. So. I don't know. I'm just, that's kind of just uh, what I'm uh, gathering. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just yeah. still a little taken aback by some of the comments. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have much else to say yeah. about it. I just, that's, uh, we disagree, you know? Yeah. So one of our most uh, controversial type, I guess, interviews, right? Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> well, it's good stuff, though. It's you know, it was, still good it content. Was. And uh, hopefully you'll listen again next week on the Weekly Pass. I'm Bonnie Jalaflin. I'm Adam Copeland. See ya.